Hannah, Hannah, you are worried and distracted by many things. Like Martha in Luke 10, I often find myself hearing these words. They interrupt my crazy life when I forget the Holy Three, the Trinity, are before me, above me, around me, beside me, and within me in every moment, no matter where I am and what I'm doing. This gentle admonition was especially true in the early days of the global pandemic. Now the stresses of the pandemic have lessened, but I still hear this call to be more mindful in my small place in God's creation. Hello, I'm Hannah Brown Shuck, United Methodist layperson and writer of church curricula, such as the Man and Mercy curriculum for children. Some of you may know me as creator of the website Picture Book Theology, where I teach people how to use picture books in ministry. Here I'm speaking to you about Christian mindfulness. Perhaps you have no idea what I mean by mindfulness. That's okay. Mindfulness is a new word in scientific and medical circles, but it's an ancient spiritual practice that we are all familiar with. You know this practice. Here it is. Be still and know that I am God. That's it. You already know how to do Christian mindfulness. Here I encourage you to explore and practice it more. Let's get technical for just a moment. Mindfulness is a category of contemplative meditation. Not so clear what meditation is? I encourage you to listen to an episode of this podcast from just a few weeks ago. The Reverend Nancy Hornsby gives a beautiful description of meditation. Within that episode, she gives some attention to contemplation or contemplative practice. This is a type of meditation. She offered Father Albert Holt's simple definition of contemplation, a loving, long look at the real. Here I'll add that mindfulness is a type of contemplative practice that we could define as a loving, long look at the now, your now and God's now. Mindfulness is about your body. It's sensory. It's incarnational. It's being grounded in God's presence and God's glory. Early in the pandemic, I began a mindfulness practice via an app. I had often read that mindfulness practice can rewire rutted neurological pathways. Well, I've got some brain ruts that I'd like to change. My fearful thought patterns, my compulsive behaviors. I bet you've got some too. Oh, and there was anger, an emotion that I'm not comfortable with, but it was ever-present during those early months of COVID. These neurological pathways were being exacerbated during the pandemic. My brain ruts were being overused. I call them my COVID head mess. Research and mindfulness practice has shown repeatedly that it can literally create new, more healthy pathways in our brains. A sort of rewiring. Thanks be to God, my brain needed some rewiring. The mindfulness practice did help with my COVID head mess, but I found myself longing for such a practice that was more grounded in my Christian faith. I wanted to feel in my body a deep presence and orientation to the Trinity. As Christians, we have an incarnational view of life. We believe the Trinity is present and working in all things, including our own bodies and sensory experiences. Our bodies, the source of our senses, thoughts, and feelings, is a crucial tool for our spiritual formation. 
God answered this longing when Cokesbury sent me an email about some price reductions. There it was, a book. Its title is Right Here, Right Now, The Practice of Christian Mindfulness by Amy G. Oden, O-D-E-N. I was pleased to know that a seminary professor had already done this work for me. Dr. Oden, a church history professor, clarifies and traces the roots of Christian mindfulness practice. She beautifully ties mindfulness prayer to familiar scriptures, ancient Christian practices, and even John Wesley's ideas about watchfulness. Admittedly, I did not know about Wesley's words about watchfulness and hope to learn more about that. Many of the phrases and ideas in this recording are from Dr. Oden's book. She describes a simple four-step, two-minute practice that can be integrated into all sorts of life situations. Such integration will lead to a more abundant life, grounded in God's world. Her goal, in the simplest of terms, is growing God awareness. I have a confession, though. I use this practice primarily to begin my morning prayers. I hope someday to integrate it into other situations. Thankfully, God is patient with my spiritual journey. At the end of this podcast, I'll guide you through Dr. Odin's steps, giving you a hypothetical of my own. Like many spiritual practices, I encourage you to make these steps your own. Make it meaningful, and you'll more likely stick with the practice. Dr. Odin structures her book around five marks of a mindful Christian life. She views such a life as fertile ground for mindful Christian prayer. Each of these marks will be familiar to you. Number one, we are free. Galatians 5 says that Christ has set us free for freedom. Therefore, we should stand firm in that gift of freedom. Mindfulness encourages our minds to be free from distractions, busyness, worries, anxieties, and hypercriticism. Mindfulness encourages us to tap into our growing God awareness so that we may be freer to be Christ in the world. Number two, we are real. Romans 12, 9 encourages us to have genuine love. Such love springs forth from lives that are neither fake nor superficial. In these moments, the Trinity is with who they have created us to be, in love, by love, and for love, our true selves in the present moment, here and now. Number three, we are rooted. In the Hebrew scriptures or Old Testament, there are many scriptures that begin, Hear, O Israel, and or Remember, O Israel. These exhort us to pay attention to what God has done and is doing. A favorite scripture phrase of mine is Paul's proclamation in Ephesians that we are rooted and grounded in Christ, not scattered, but dug into love. We are centered into a capital C center that holds us. During mindful practice, I imagine that my feet are rooted to holy ground, a rich ground with love and promise. Number four, we are grateful. Gospel mindfulness draws attention to what we have now, the next breath, as well as an abundant life of goodness and love. We are awakened to this present moment. The abundant life that Jesus calls us to in John 10 is about now. We are grateful to be at home in our bodies, our senses, our thoughts, 
and our feelings. In my favorite psalm, Psalm 139, the psalmist declares, You know when I sit down, when I stand up. I would add, You know when I ache, when I grimace, when I fret, and when I am so very angry. Dr. Odin's last mark of a mindful Christian life is, number five, we are open-hearted. Listen to how the great commandment leans into mindfulness. When we are mindful, we are open to new ways to love God with our whole heart, our whole soul, our whole mind, and all of our strength. That's spiritual embodiment. Then we must love others as we love ourselves. Such open-heartedness is hard when we are scattered in our thoughts and activities. Then being compassionate is a challenge. Being oriented to God's ways and desires becomes difficult. We are quick to judge. We move on to the next thing or the next person without sensitivity and tenderness. When our hearts are open, gospel mindfulness encourages us to have eyes to see and ears to hear, as Jesus directs in Matthew 13. Jesus speaks to the details of our present moment. We can seek what is real and grasp who and what really matter. This is rich sensory knowledge that we can cultivate. Dr. Odin uses the word creatureliness. I like this because it reminds me that I, as a human being, have limits, weaknesses, and insecurities. When I recognize my limitations, I humbly lean on the Trinity to help me better see the beauty of our common humanity. Fruit of the Spirit then follows. I believe that God is more pleased with me. That is my hope. Jesus calls us to wake up. He proclaims God's kingdom is here and now. It is at hand. Dr. Odin writes that Christian mindfulness cultivates this seeing. The four-step practice that Odin describes is brief, just 30 seconds per step. That's just two minutes. Because I use this to begin my morning prayers, I typically take longer and my steps flow in and out of each other. That's okay. I make this practice my own authentic prayer. Here's a description of a mindfulness experience practice that I might have. Yours will be different, unique to you. Sometimes I need to begin with open eyes. I might look at something beautiful. Often it's the birds at our feeders. I might hold a small object from my nearby altar collection, or I might hold a photograph. These are tools for gathering my scattered attention. By the time I get into the second step, attentive embodiment, I close my eyes to better be in touch with my body. Here are the four steps. Number one, attentive breathing. I breathe in, keeping in mind the Holy Spirit, Ruach, who is my anchor, my rhythm. I take deep breaths through my nose. Often I put my hands on my belly or chest and feel the rhythm. It's a holy rhythm. If I use essential oils on my palms to add to my sensory experience, I cup my hands to breathe in and then raise open hands as I breathe out. Either way, I use deep breaths to become more aware of my body for the second step, which is attentive embodiment. 
At this time, there are many possibilities. I'm attentive to and adjust my body's alignment, particularly my neck, spine, and feet. Bare feet are a plus if temperatures allow so that I can feel the gift of gravity. I consider where there might be pain or tightness. I might soften my face muscles and pull down my shoulders, which are too often tight and high. I might wriggle my toes and fingers to remind me of their strength and the good work that they do. I'm grateful. Finding my pulse is another way I lean into embodiment. Here's another holy rhythm that I am very grateful for. Eventually, I settle into relative stillness. Number three, acknowledgement. Next, I notice and welcome my thoughts and sensations. I especially notice my feelings because this is hard for me. I have gratitude for these and believe they are authentic and acceptable to God, even the negative thoughts and feelings. This is my here and my now. God is with me. God knows these thoughts and feelings even before I acknowledge them. The last step, number four, is discovery. To wrap up, I notice where I have been led. Perhaps I have had a new insight. People who are hurting have come to mind, so I will pray for them. Sometimes I go on an imaginative journey that involves interacting with the Trinity. Then I bring myself back to the body experiences, recognizing that even my imagination is gift and tool for insight. At other times, I'll discover a clarity of purpose for the day. I know when it's time to end because I feel a grounded sense of satisfaction. My most pressing hungers have been met. I am no longer thirsty for living water. Thoughts of gratitude are throughout my mindfulness practice, I hope you noticed. Gratitude is foundational for my spirituality. I hope it is for you too, but that's a topic for another podcast. If the details of my practice overwhelm you, please remember, make Christian mindfulness your own practice. It is simply attentive breathing, attentive embodiment, acknowledgement, then discovery. You have all that you need already. You have breath, a body, and the presence of the Holy Three. They are with you no matter where and when you are. Be patient with yourself as you learn. God will be. Christian mindfulness claims that God is here, now, in all things, always, even when we aren't paying attention. My hope is that you will grow in your God awareness. Perhaps this practice will help. I end with this prayer for you. May you discover that your life is deep in love and meaning, not just wide in distraction and doing. May you discover that mindful experiences with the Trinity's love are ever-present and abundant. In each moment, you choose to be here, to be now, and to be loved. The Trinity is with you. May it be so. Amen.